All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks. This is our audio podcast. This is our weekly discussions where we talk about everything in the world of movies and television. Um, I'm your host, Mike. I'm here, like always, with Richard and Raymond. Uh, we'll, we'll give you our thoughts on what's going on in the world of pop culture. Uh, let's just begin with some headlines. Um, I guess let's start with something that came out earlier, maybe even last week, maybe. It was uh, Joe Cusada. He signed a first look deal with Amazon. And for those who don't know who Joe Cusada is, he is the former edit- editor-in-chief of Marvel. And so it seems like he has signed a deal with Amazon to develop some, I guess, comic book-related um, um, news or, I mean, movies. What's your guys' thoughts on Joe Cusada? Is, he, is that a big deal? Is that a, I don't know. What, what's your guys' thoughts of, of that? I think the popularity of Joe Joe Casada is not very high. I mean, uh, the, the only products that I know that he, that for sure that he, he he's in control of is his own, which was Ash. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, which was like a firefighter a superhero. Um, so it, that could be a possibility of, of them developing right away. Did that comic book um, start? Did they was that Image comic books? No, it was their own. Um, I think th- I forgot what their company was called um and then eventually was it e- event event and then eventually went to image R- uh right or uh, no um i'm not sure you know image might have yeah they pu- uh, published it but it was there still so I it mean, was joe casada and his inker oh uh, who was the inker's name i can't remember um, um uh, uh he, he was he, he created a pain painkiller jane right yeah um, painkiller jane so and you think maybe that will be Pop, maybe a, a a possible uh property to to oh def definitely because they um the, that one was already a um, TV show right a television show yeah um uh but uh, Raymond what you were saying oh who who made this deal oh Joe Casada uh, Joe Casada signed Amazon. a deal with Amazon so and so oh, it really yeah. seems like Amazon is you know branching out they got some big uh uh you know TV shows coming out big action heavy TV shows. And it seems like they're trying to kind of like what, what Netflix tried to do a couple or like a year ago with their um, deal with um, with uh, the I forgot the comic creator, the guy who, who did um, Mark Millar. Wa- wanted. Yeah. Mark Millar. Yeah. Mark Millar. Right. And, they, and that didn't really pan out that great for for Netflix. Uh, Joe well, they've only done one project, right? Yeah. But they were supposed to do, you know, more things. And- yeah. It's like once <laughs> one project backfires, it's kind of like a. It was a domino effect that kind of killed the whole yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's something will come out eventually. Uh, and yeah. Painkiller Jane was created by uh, Jimmy Pamiati. That's who it was. That's his, that's his longtime inker back then. Yeah. And best friend. They were pregnant. Right. And they also worked on Ash together. Right. Um, what's your thoughts on, on Joe Casada as a, you know, guy who was, a, who was a Marvel guy, a, Mar- a Marvel editor in chief for a long, you know, long time? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, good for him. This is a a a, a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hopefully, we get a better project than um, the Mark Millar Netflix show. What was that thing called? It Jupiter Ascending or something? Something. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was apparently was I, I never read the book, but apparently it was a big deal when it first came out. The the the, the television adaptation of it was a complete mess of a movie mm-hmm. or of a show, and. Although it was interesting, I mean, they were trying to humanize superheroes, but I think Casada is much more of a old school, you know, 
comic book nerd. I think he his uh, reverence of comic book or superheroes. So it, it, you know he has this kind of like old school thought of uh, to to come up with these stories. And it, to me, if the, he is going to do some kind of television or movie properties, it will be more in that traditional kind of superhero stuff. It's not trying to reinvent anything or try to, um, you know, humanize uh, superheroes. It'd be like kind of your more traditional superheroes mm-hmm. movies. Which is probably not a good idea for right now either. Yeah, because it really seems like with, you know, the release of Shazam and also... uh Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the, those you know, those are those are two big box office failures, and and it seems like people are tired of those kind of traditional superhero stories. Maybe they want something new, something more different, darker, edgier. I don't know. Yeah, something else for sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it's not it's not like Prime, Amazon Prime is you know. Um, haven't been doing superheroes shows of mm-hmm. course because yeah boys they just launched this week a, a new new show called the power which is focused on women and mm-hmm. and that's um uh well we'll see how that does because it just started mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean it, it could be a, a huge hit or another huge failure that's all <laughs> um we gotta talk about clint eastwood he's planning his final film or that's what they're saying is his final film it's a movie that is it's currently titled Jury Number Two, and apparently they're they're talking to Nicholas Holt and Tony Corlette is rumored to be starring in the film. But it's it's Eastwood is going to be taking the main uh, role. And he's also be he's going to be directing it. Uh, he's he's juror, juror number two, not jury. Okay, juror number two, yeah. and he turns ninety three this summer, so he is getting up there and. We did see uh, Cry Macho, and he does look. Oh yeah, he does look like he's getting up there, and no, he he's there already. <laughs> yeah. So what's your feeling? What's your he's feelings about? Walk, yeah. What's your feelings about this movie? Him directing his possibly his final movie. It has to be his final movie, but yeah. What's your feelings? This is the one that you know David Sasloff was like, "Nah, I'll pass." This is the one he turned down. Oh yeah, according to this, uh, D- uh, David Zasloff was reportedly reportedly not pleased with the studios. Greenlighting uh, Eastwood's last film. Oh, with oh. Cry Macho. He, he, he didn't like Cry Macho. And you know oh, what? Okay. He, After watching it, I agree with him. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I mean, there, there, you know, in Cry Macho, there was like one brief, there were a couple of great scenes in it where uh, Eastwood's just doing his thing. And, but for the most part, it was kind of a. Yeah, it was a script it, written for him 40 years ago. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, and like he had like two love interests in the movie, <laughs> like yeah, like I don't know, man. Like like the women in the film are like falling for him. I'm like this is an old dude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, yes, I don't, no. It's a little, a little unbelievable. Um, yeah. It it's it's just, it's just sappy. It was a little bit sappy. I think that's the problem. But I, I don't know what's your. But this is totally different. This is like kind of a thriller. He is uh, someone. He's playing a a jury member in a murder trial. Who suspects that he may have something part in the in the in the trial, and he has he has I guess he has this moral conundrum of whether to speak up and say something, or let the guy who seems to be innocent get uh get uh I guess you know uh you know get framed for this this crime that he didn't do. So I don't know. 
I, I don't know if it, I like the idea that he's directing this. I don't know if I would want him to star in it because it doesn't. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he was uh, set to star in it as well, but direct for sure. But um, I heard that there was um um oh uh, that uh, the star from Renfield right now, Nicholas Holt. Right, he's being poised to be the play the juror. Okay, or not the juror, but the one of being accused of, of the murder. Okay, oh, interesting. Yeah, so, so maybe just an acting piece. Maybe it's just a courtroom uh um set film drama thriller. Uh, yeah. Something very easy, something he could do. Like uh, he's famous for, like saying goodbye at at seven o'clock and going home. <laughs> he cuts. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. he doesn't stay longer than that. You know, like uh, he likes to shoot everything in by the afternoon and go home. Shoot the script and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this seems like perfect for that. Yeah, because the the you know some of the best films in his career is is when he was you know considered old, which is. Uh, Grand Torino, a million dollar baby. I mean, those two movies are are, are pretty damn good. I mean, mm-hmm. million dollar baby won, won another Oscar. I mean, uh, other than that, Unforgiven. Yeah. Uh, let's get into Heat Two. You heard about this Heat Two? Yeah, it's a book, right? It's out. It's been out for a while. Yes, and Michael no. Mann. Uh, apparently, is in negotiations with Warner Brothers to do a film adaptation of that book that he co-wrote. I think. Let me, wrote? let me ask you, like, I don't know anything about the book. Does it even follow any of the characters from the original movie? From what I heard, I guess it expands a little bit of what happened in the heat, but most of it is a flashback to Robert De Niro's character in prison. And it kind of goes into how he forms his team or, or just how, what he do, what he did in prison and how he survived. Cause uh, you know, a big part of, of, of De Niro's character and he is like, he doesn't, he never wants to go back to prison. So something happened in prison that made him think that way, right? So it's not going to be with Robert De Niro anymore. It's going to be with someone else playing him? Yeah, so apparently it's going to be Adam Driver. Adam Driver is working with Man right now on the one movie, um, Ferrari. And apparently mm. they have great relationships. So Adam Driver is in talks to play a young Robert De Niro in this movie. I don't he, see he, it. I don't see it either, but, you know. It doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess it just really depends how, how good the story is. Again, I don't know anything about this book. I just know it exists and it's been out. But I always intended on buying it and reading it, but never did. I don't know if this is one of those situations where maybe I should, you know, actually try reading the book before the movie comes out. Yeah, maybe. Or or just watch the movie first. I don't know. I'm kind of curious it, how true to the book it's even going to be. And if it's going to just like kind of uh, just do its own thing or if it's going to maybe just borrow certain elements from it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Curious. It, it, you know, it's funny because it wasn't Michael Band's last movie, um, Black Hat. He hasn't really done a movie since then, right? Right. And he did a, a pilot episode on um, Tokyo. I think it's called Tokyo Vice, the HBO series, which I liked a lot. Yes. And it seems like he, he was you know, he had some momentum, like he was coming back, came out with the, with the book and, uh, and now, you know, he's working on Ferrari. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Ferrari is going to give us a better idea of if, if Michael Mann maybe still has it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that will be a better gauge on if this project is going to work or not. So what's your thoughts on, on Adam Driver though? He's a great actor. Yeah. Uh, I love the guy. Um, even like, in 
I think he kind of elevates everything, you know, even kind of like the shitty Star Wars movies. I thought in, in Girls, like he kind of made the show watchable. Um, and uh, even that, you know, crappy, uh, well, I guess some people loved it, but uh, Annette, you know, a movie that I you know, found very, <laughs> we got, very got, hard. We got to watch it. I, you know, you saw the movie and I, you, you pointed out some scenes of, of what happened. In it, and you know what? Maybe we should go back and watch that movie and see it, do, do a quick review of it because... Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna watch that movie again. But but, but he made it. Uh, he made me sit through it at least. You know what I mean? Like he, even he, though he, he doesn't he have the greatest, doesn't have the greatest voice. And that no, famously, and yeah. that famously is a musical that everyone sings their dialogue, and sometimes yes. it doesn't even rhyme. Right? Is that what it is? Mm. Yes. <laughs> uh, that, that's a movie that kind of uh, made you really love the Sparks Brothers, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to punch them in their face every because they pop up throughout the movie in cameos, like, and they like show up singing like "We Are the Sparks Brothers" and like it's like you know I just wanted to like punch them in the face. They're so annoying. Yeah, but um, everyone loves them right now though because of that documentary and stuff yeah. that came out a while because Edgar Wright. Yeah, but yeah, again, Adam Driver, he's just one of those actors that are you know could do a great job, but he doesn't pick the best roles to work with i mean he's, through, yeah he's uh, having a hard to time. come out i mean yeah. uh, he, he, he just did house of gucci also and white noise which was another forgotten forgot movie Netflix, yeah. Yeah. yeah and then just 65 this 65. past couple of weeks ago yeah. yeah so it's a bad time for him he, he he reminds me of like those actors from the 70s who has the chops who you know really gives it all out mm-hmm. and yet he, he doesn't like it's almost like he doesn't belong in this time right now because uh big movie stars are not that kind of t- actors. They're kind of more, you know, they're kind of like more about the brand. They're more about, you know, selling. Well, that's just- kind of why he's being, he's being cast, you know, right by, by all these filmmakers that were, are, you know, from this kind of, uh, from, you know, a different decade. Past. Yeah. Yeah. Different decade, different generation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I appreciate mean, he, him. I think Adam driver is much more of some, he is a, like maybe our De Niro, even though they don't look alike, but I mean, they, they, they do have a similar dedication to the mm-hmm. acting. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's like, he's not able to fit in this world that we live in where it's all focused on branding. And it's all focused on like, yes, watch my movie, but also buy my tequila line mm-hmm. of alcohol, you know, or go to like, you know, my clothing line store or whatever, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's a weird time for, for actors who just want to be actors. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Every time they, they, a new project shows up, his name always gets mentioned as being a, a possible um, casting. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the, the Fantastic Four, he's being, he's being <laughs> saying that uh, Fantastic Four, uh, Mr. Fantastic is really his role to turn down if he wants it, basically. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just it's just weird. It just, but would he uh, want to do that? I don't know. I mean, did he have that great of a time? Look with, at his, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but do, do, do an actor nowadays need something like a Marvel movie to succeed in this business, you know, okay. If they, you want to buy a nice house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's rumored to play like Mr. Fantastic or something like that. Yeah, that's what I just said. I mean, Oh, did you? <laughs> I was not listening. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's get into the n- next topic, which is, uh, um, Jersey girl. No, oh, uh, Kevin Smith is going to screen a Jersey Girls. He's calling the Snyder Cut, which is really just his director's cut. 
I, uh, Raymond, you're m- much more of a fan of Kevin Smith, or at least you you give him a shot. You like to uh, you like the guy. No, we all I'm like a, the I'm, guy. I'm a, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Uh, even where the does Jersey Girl that I, that I hate? Huh? Where does Jersey Girl Jersey Girl land in that kind of uh, you know his filmography? Is it his best film or is it his worst film? It, it, it's not a bad movie. It's just not one for me. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not one I really go to. Bat. It's not one I go back to very often. But uh, here's here's kind of funny story. It's actually the first Kevin Smith movie I saw in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you were young. So kind of uh, yeah, I was so kind of disappointed by what the movie ended up mm-hmm. being. I was like, this is not what I expected. But um, you know it it. it and it still isn't really a movie for me, but but still, it, it's it's a decent family movie, I guess. It's a it's a family movie, right? It's PG thirteen. Yeah, I don't know if it was PG thirteen, but it, it's definitely his uh, attempt to be more like John Hughes. You know, he's famously known for being John uh, a John Hughes fan, a fanatic. He loves those movies, and it was like a sincere. Yeah, it was PG thirteen. Yeah, it was a sincere uh, uh, attempt to to do a rom-com mm-hmm. uh, apparently this you know this this director's cut is going to be more j-lo you know in the movie because <laughs> most of it it was j-lo's got cut uh cut a lot of his scene oh, her okay. scenes in. i don't know uh, rich what's your what's your thoughts on jersey girl and do you, <sighs> we need more j-lo in this movie it's just you know his his time to go oh ben affleck and j-lo they're back on the on the they're, they're, you know, it's time to milk the cow again. Yeah, I mean, you think that's a, what it is? <laughs> yes, of course. They're, <laughs> their popularity is growing right now. It's I'm, time. Let me ask you it's this. time to do that. When, when, you know, famously, Kevin Smith had this great relationship with Ben Affleck. He was in a lot of his earlier films. They, they were best buds. Mm-hmm. Then something happened with, with between the two. And and Jennifer's. Jennifer Gardner. Jennifer Gardner. So you think Jennifer Gardner was the big kind of uh, dividing thing that happened between their relationship? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because, it's, yeah, they've talked about it. Okay. Yeah. So now that I, I don't think she, uh, that her, uh, she felt that his relationship with him was good for his career. And I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so now that the Ben, or uh, Ben, now that ben, ben is with JLo now, you mm-hmm. think, he, you know, he is, Kevin is making a, like a conscious decision to get in her good graces because he loves this relationship with Ben and like, Hey, we did a movie together. I'm going to release this movie where it's actually more J-Lo scenes in it. You know, I, don't, I don't think J-Lo uh, cares at all. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah, like, maybe. I, I I wouldn't be surprised like if maybe like, you know, Ben Affleck like sends in a little pre-recorded video or something like that, you know, just for Kevin. Mm-hmm. But um, Jennifer Lopez doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, she, she's a star, right? <laughs> This this was this was this was just, this was a little this was a little blip in her career. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree that she don't really give a shit, and or I don't think she's even cares about like you know Ben's career that I much. I don't even think she cares about her own movies. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's been in some really stinker stinkers, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was just weird. Like for for Kevin Smith to go back to Jersey Girl, which was a movie that he de- is he did. is he gonna debut this at his Smod Castle theaters. I think so. Yeah, it is a small castle cinema theaters that he owns. Yeah, see, it's just yes. So he'll probably be there. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Affleck sends in a pre-recorded thing. Yeah, I, he that. could be there too. <laughs> I mean, New Jersey. Yeah, why not? Uh, maybe. Maybe if he, he has a fi- 
if he has the uh, premiere to go to over there in New York. Yeah, when, when did Kevin Smith uh, bought that theater, that castle or the Smog Castle Theater? A long time Not ago. Not that long ago, probably right after the pandemic. Because mm. he has yeah. been, he has been showing some uh, films there. Well, he yeah, does he always has Q and A's. Yeah, Q and A's. His podcast there too. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. If, if, if May twenty eighth, if you're near New New Jersey. Um, I'm sure it's all sold out by now. Yeah, maybe you're right. And, and we might as well also talk about how um, it's the uh, 20th anniversary of uh, one of all, all our favorite horror films, House of a Thousand Corpses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bring it up because they're going to they're gonna be doing a, a screening of it uh, here. Um, and the Aurora Theater, I believe, in... Um, I don't know, out here in California somewhere. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, Rob Zombie and uh, Sherry Moon Zombie are going to be there. It's going to be next month. So tickets haven't, haven't gone on sale yet. But. Uh, originally, it was released in April 11th. Yeah, 2003. Mm-hmm. So in a couple of days, it'll be exactly 20 years ago. Uh, quickly, Crazy. what's your thoughts on, <laughs> on the, the 20th anniversary of House of All of House and Corpses? Uh, I, I love the movie. I mean, I know like Rob Zombie has made better films since then. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still kind of like my favorite one of all his movies. Um, I just like love all the characters in it, even though you're probably not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I just, I, th- I think the, 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 mov- the movie's awesome. And there's, you know, there's all these stories about how, you know, when the movie was made that, you know, uh, Universal, you know, tur- turned it down because they thought it was, too gross and horrific and mm. you know they didn't like it so a lot of the movie actually over the years got lost you know so a lot of the cast actually talks about how you know they they you know they shot a bunch of scenes and stuff that you know have no one has ever seen because you know they they've just uh a lot of reels just got lost during that time that he because it, it took it ended up taking like three years for the movie to, to actually come out and oh, wow. um wow. yeah and uh they ended up filling up a, a bunch of like the because there ended up being like some major plot holes because of the missing scenes, so they ended up just like putting these like kind of um these scenes that Rob Zombie just shot in his basement uh-huh. on a like on a kind of VHS like camera uh-huh. to kind of fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. But I think it just kind of adds to the movie's charm. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. <laughs> well, it's- and they've been releasing they've been releasing a bunch of uh, like toys and stuff for the movie this year since the, the anniversary. Well, it was his. It was Zombie's uh, feature film debut, um, and at that point, he was known as a rocker. He was known as someone who directed his own music videos. Uh, there was a flair. There was a promising career there. Uh, Rich, <laughs> you're not a big Rob Zombie fan no, as a director, no, but you were a fan of Rob Zombie, the rocker, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't give two shits about it, any of his movies. <laughs> <laughs> but as, a, as, as you know, because you're a big white zombie fan. Yeah, tell us about that. You know, and that—that's about it. I mean, I liked his videos. Even mm-hmm. I, I saw a lot of creativity in them, but uh, you know, for a two-hour movie, nah, fuck that. And you know, at the time, you know, two, you know, twenty years ago, two thousand three, it was like the height, or maybe not the height yet. It was certainly the movement of the torture porn movement, and I, I think with houses, House of a Thousand Corpses, it was like one of the first ones to to you know be just blatantly saying that we love 
the movies of the 70s, those, and I think House of Thousand Corpses is a much different movie than, say, the Hostel films or the Saw films, right? Yeah. And this, yeah. I think that, that this movie was definitely like an homage to those 70s horror movies. It's definitely like Rob Zombie's version of like, um, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And also, The Hills Have Eyes. Hills Have Eyes and uh, a lot of the Wes Craven films. What, what last last house last house on the left. I'm thinking of a, it's another like Toby Hooper movie. Funhouse. Yeah, the Funhouse. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot like Funhouse. Yeah, and that's probably why the reason I kind of liked the House of a Thousand Corpses is because it wasn't like the other torture porn movies. It, it wasn't about it, 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 yeah it, there was a campiness to it that i think made it a little bit special and at least a, a little bit different than the other films that came out that time so tw- 20th anniversary like like raymond pointed out and it's going to come out and there's going to be a special screening here somewhere in california <laughs> so keep on the lookout um <laughs> let's talk about some of the trailers that came out um because there are a lot of trailers that came out this this past couple days uh, we got a first look at Blue Beetle, the DC superhero comic book, the first Latino comic book, I guess, for, well, at least on DC mm-hmm. side. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? This is uh, this features the Cobra Kai star Cholo Mariduena, um, and uh, and a really interesting George Lopez <laughs> with goatee and yeah. uh, and uh, long hair. Uh, w- w- you know, what's your thoughts? And then I should say, Raymond, you've been like dying to watch this movie or you've been anticipating this movie for a long time. Now that you mm-hmm. got to see the first look, the first footage, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I was uh, very much looking forward to this movie. Very excited. Um, uh, I, I, I like this character. I really like this character a lot. Um, I just read a few of his comics, but I've really become a fan of him because he's you know, popped up in a lot of video games and animated series over, over the last... Um, decade maybe even a little longer than that and um i always thought there was a lot of potential in in doing this and um i really love the you know the whole um latino aspect to it but the the trailer for me was very underwhelming mm-hmm. um i still kind of have my fingers crossed hoping that it'll be a at least enjoy fun enjoyable movie and uh, maybe like a shazam or something like that like a kind of family superhero movie but um, I, it's not what I wanted the movie to be. It it looks very kind of a. I got a very kind of Robert Rodriguez kind of family movie vibe. I, like kind of like Spy Kids or We Can Be Heroes. Luckily, I didn't get like a Shark Boy and Lava Girl vibe, but I still did get a pretty bad kind of Spy Kids and uh, We Can Be Heroes, which which isn't that much better. <laughs> so um. I'm going even in with the Latino, very low in expectations. Even with the Latino culture thing, that's it's if that's uh, that's I, that's the that's what could be the saving grace of the movie. But it's not going to be handled in the way like I was hoping. I was right. going to have. I was hoping it was going to be handled in a more in a more like less children's movie way. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping there'd be a little bit a bit more Brit, yeah. I guess. Or just a little reality, you know. Sometimes this, yeah. this, the, the, to me, the the trailer and just speaking to the like kind of Latino culture thing in the movie, it really come came off as that um, 
uh, what's it called? This Fool from the Hulu <laughs> comedy series, which is a I show, haven't seen that. It's a show that I didn't like at all because it, it's because it, 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 to me it feels like writers who didn't know the culture a lot, but was just kind of depending, you know, was relying on the kind of the stereotypical stuff or just the surface level ideas of what Latino culture is. Uh, whoa, whoa, Mike, but Felipe Sparza's in this movie. Wait, is he? Oh, yeah. then I take it back. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Is he going <laughs> to be like half a face? St- we're just going to see the back <laughs> of his his body just like we did in uh, in that fucking movie. What's that called? Uh, you people. You people. Like he barely in the movie. Oh, man. <laughs> At least he's getting a paycheck. That's, that's a good thing. You know, like like when I saw George Lopez with the with the goatee and the, and the thing and I'm like, I wish he had just done this? like himself regular. Like, yeah. I like to see him in like uh, that great movie that he did. Because yeah, in the trailer, in the trailer, in the trailer, there's, he even has kind of like a serious scene with like Blue Beetle, uh-huh. and it's like, why does he have that goatee? <laughs> like, and I thought for sure that was in the comic book. And you're saying that's not in the comic book? Uh, no, not, not the one I saw. Well, I loved uh, George Lopez in that one movie, which I thought is fantastic. The tax which collector. <laughs> <laughs> he was in that. He was yeah. in that. He was like, he's playing a, 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 a you know, um, a mobster, you know, playing a, a gangster a leader. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. He was a tough now guy. I remember. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that was the, the Shia LaBeouf as a Chicano um, movie. I don't know. Actually, they tried, to, they tried to say that, you know, they, they made a comment that he is not a Chicano. He's a white guy living in a Chicano neighborhood or grew up in a Chicano neighborhood. It didn't make a difference. And I don't really necessarily care about that stuff. Uh, but you know, I'll go all day saying tax collector is a pretty cult <laughs> movie of mine, you know, or guilty pleasure. <laughs> but um, Rich, what's your thoughts on on, on uh, Blue Beetle? Um, it didn't seem like DC to me at all. It, it really f- felt more, more more like Marvel, like the yeah. Spider Man series, and even maybe even Shang Chi, whatever, yeah, Shang Chi, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um. It 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 is. Um, I guess it's based in in Florida. I guess, but um, um, but a uh, fictional city in Florida. Uh, yeah, fictional city, of course. That that's going to be <laughs> remarkable, like like uh, Florida. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm not really familiar with the the director or, or even the writer. And the writer uh, is going to go on to do uh, El Muerto. <laughs> so, is he really? Uh, oh god, uh, supposedly. So um, uh, yeah, uh, I'll I'll wait for the second trailer. But uh, I think. To, to really, but, but I'm more interested in the bad guy. It was Raul, Raul Max Trujillo. Um, uh, uh, um, I don't know what the hell's the, uh, he's playing his, yeah. What, what, what kind of character is he? It looks like, it looks like a Craven type. I don't know. It was just way too quick. Um, Susan Sarandon, it's good to see her in any type of movie like this. She's supposed to be the main villain, right? Well, yeah, you the- can't, you can't fight a woman. Well, she's like the, the the evil the money. Yeah, the yeah. evil industrialist who wants the the blue beetle technology for herself, you know. Yeah. So Yeah, it it looks like a typical cheap Iron Man and uh It's like Iron Man mixed with Shazam mixed with Home Alone or not Home but Alone. But yeah, Spy Kids. I see the Spy Kids too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for me it's kind of like more like Spy Kids mixed with uh Venom. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and and the little and the little Spider-Man. The homecoming, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually hoping that it does better. Uh, um, 
better than most films. So, um, yeah, uh, but uh, I'm really hopefully more, it does better than Shazam at least. Yeah, because um, it doesn't seem like it's any part of any you know DC universe so far, at least. Do you think like WB is going to promote this? They're going to push this movie, or are they going to just really depend on the social media campaign and really just kind of the Latino audience? Dude, I hope. I hope because you know, from the Latino as part of the movie, like it, it's not like w- what I want. You know, I was hoping for something like um, I, I, I don't, I, I guess maybe I'm still thinking like uh, of like the the Snyder the Snyder world, like when we had like um. Uh, what was the character in uh, and David oh. Ayer's Suicide Squad? <laughs> uh, oh fuck, um, uh, Cholo uh, Man, uh, <laughs> El Diablo, right? El Diablo, El Diablo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you had characters with like his backstory and stuff. How he killed his, uh, he accidentally killed his family, and right. um, and enraged, and how he was this gangster that kind of like turned his life around in jail. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was kind of hoping with like Blue Beetle, we would have got something a bit more gritty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like in that vein. And um, not necessarily make him a gay member, but just like put him, make that you know around him. And to me, I got like from this vibe for the trailer. For I got more of a vibe like this is gonna be kind of more like a, like, like, Encanto. <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, or it's, Coco, it, it's or like it's like. Yeah, it definitely seems like it's centered around family. That's the main uh, idea around the, the the movie. I've heard some people compare this, like like their reactions, like compare it to like uh, Miss Marvel, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay, or Disney Plus. Yeah, because the parents were much involved in her life. Yeah, it's because like there's um, there's shots in Super Be- in Blue Beetle where where George Lopez is driving the the you know the bug, <laughs> yeah, the bug machine like like that makes me feel like it's spiking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, it seems like the the family's involved in his superhero duties or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, and 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 in that regard, like I hope that this movie at least has the the sentiment work like a like a family movie, like like a Coco or Encanto or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I hope it has the success of those movies and is able to bring in the audiences that those movies did. If it has that effect, if you know, if it if it works in the way that those movies work, because that's kind of what I'm expecting it to be like a superhero version of those type of Disney movies, mm-hmm. right. Latino Disney movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if it, it, again, if it could get that audience and I think that'd be a huge success. I think that'd be really good because those, those movies are popular. Well, let's turn to, let's turn to a different, uh, big trailer that came out this couple of days ago. It's Spider-Man across the spider first. This is kind of the most, I guess, full length or, uh, trailer th- that they released we got a better sense of the story or uh, a better sense of what they were, they're doing yeah uh what's your thoughts on really quick what's your thoughts on on what you saw the footage well i think the movie looks pretty good but i was also a little underwhelmed by the trailer mm. mostly just because um i don't think it's going to be as good as the last movie because the last movie you know it was simple you know but it had a lot of heart and I don't know if this one's necessarily going to quite have that as much. Like the, the first one kind of had a lot, I think had a lot going with it. Like where you kind of had miles with his drama and you also had this P- Peter B Parker with, you know, his, his kind of like midlife crisis stuff. Yeah. And, um, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't think this one's going to be as good as the last one. I think this might have a little, a little bit of that sequel. Mm-hmm thing like that sequel problem where it's just kind of more action more villains more stuff and 
And yeah, but that being said, I still I still do think it's going to be a good movie. I just don't think it's going to be as good as the first. Yeah, oh, it's interesting because they did they they did split this into two parts, right? So this is going to be yeah. uh, the first part, and then there's a second one that's coming, or you know, the third one to complete the trilogy is going to be out next year. And so this really seems like a more setting up the idea of what the Spider Verse is. Uh, Rich, what's your thoughts on watching this trailer? I was actually amazed that I liked it a lot more than uh, I expected. Um, I I really like that aspect where he has to save Uncle Ben, and mm-hmm. I I I never thought about that concept, uh, you know, to show up in this in this series. And um, it's it's a choice that he has to make, whatever you know, with great responsibility, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, um, it it's you know save your universe and kill everybody else. That's, that's what it basically is. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I like the fact that they were kind of focusing on, on a sacrifice that Spider-Man right. has to do. And we don't get that in the movies really, or I guess, no, I guess we do. And we you know the, the sacrifice usually it's always Gwen Stacy. <laughs> She's the sacrifice to kind of propels, right. uh, uh, you know, Peter in his, his journey or, you know, uncle Ben, uh, definitely has an effect. Yeah. I, I I didn't realize that, that that Uncle Ben is the thing that is the common thread with all the Spider-Mans in, or Spider-People, really, in, in this kind of weird universe that they, or multiverse that they go to. I don't know. It, it's, a, it's cool. I like that idea. But I, I think I'm going to have the same problem. The, the, I think I'm going to have the, the same problem I did with the first movie, which is the animation. It fucking hurts my ears or my uh, my eyes. <laughs> Your ears, uh, my eyes, my ears too. But my eyes, it fucking hurts my eyes. I can't really. I don't know if it's like I'm getting too fucking old. But watching the trailer and watching you know the first movie, I just can't fucking focus with all that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, it's got that. That's got that old school blue red three um, D effect. So it's it's the same effect that um, it's the same effect with you with the Ninja Turtles trailer. Because yeah. I think the same animation. Yeah, right? kind of. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I had kind of it's the same thing. I just, I just can't. I like it. <laughs> I think it. Yeah, I think it looks cool. <laughs> I, I, like, like I said, it, it's just I like the premise that they got the the the, the, the It kind of reminded me of start the classic Star Trek episode where uh, Captain Kirk had his, uh, had to make it or or a actually made the made the decision uh, to, and uh, it was Spock that held him back that in the the city of Edge of Forever the. The one the where they go back in time and uh, and he wants to save Joan Collins. Oh, oh, oh yeah. When he goes back to yeah. Nazi Germany. Yeah. Or oh, no, no, to stop the, the, the stop the Nazis, the Nazis from, from yeah, yeah. And uh yeah. Uh, but she has to she her faith is that she must kill she must die. She must die in order to, to yeah. yeah. It's a it's a kind of a classic time travel trope. Mm-hmm. Now they just kind of reworked it for this, you know, Spider-Verse thing. Because now it's not about time travel; it's about changing the timelines in each Spider Verse. But what's your thoughts on just watching, seeing all these kind of Spider Mans or Spider People, and also hearing uh, Oscar Isaac as the, you know, the Spider Man twenty eighty eight or whatever it is twenty ninety nine twenty ninety nine. At, fir- at first, I thought he was. Uh, at first, I thought it was uh, Pedro Pascal. Oh, and I was like, and I was like, oh wow, it's. Uh, uh, they cast Pedro Pascal. That was pretty cool. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait no. No. That's Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I kept thinking throughout like my first viewing in the trailer, like, they should have cast Pedro Pascal. <laughs> no, Oscar Isaac wasn't the first one. He was only there for half a second. Oh, like, was he? Just like, I, I didn't yeah. Re- yeah, and then the credits, but I, I just forgot. 
I mean, you can recast. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac was a bigger deal back then, mm-hmm. but right now, Pedro Pascal's bigger deal. Yeah, everyone loves Pe- Pedro Pascal. Um, I it's funny because like in Spider Man twenty ninety nine in or Miguel O'Hara in this one, he is a big guy, and mm-hmm. only Oscar Isaac could play big guys in <laughs> animation because he's a tiny little dude. Um, but Not he, as tiny I, as a as a a uh, Gail Garcia, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe he could have been the voice for this one, but yeah, I, I thought he was fine. I thought it was it was interesting that he is the guy who's leading this mission, and um, he doesn't want. He, he mentions you know Tom Holland's Spider Man in the trailer, you know, um, of him fucking up. He? He, yeah, he goes you because he didn't. He doesn't like Miles Morales. He goes at least you know I even hate the guy from Earth Twenty Whatever, which is a reference to what they did in um with Doctor Strange you know the you know the mm. whatever the last one it's just a reference okay, I, I didn't catch that so the, yeah, it's I'm a little not, thing there's I'm a little easter egg I'm, I'm still not even convinced that that's a reference <laughs> I could have swear that that's the the earth that they're they're from earth 20 Maybe. Uh, whatever it was whatever they said in the, in the trailer but okay. I, I, I I you know they throw in these things to connect these shit but uh, you know I don't I don't care <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's a, like i said fucking hurts my ears and eyes <laughs> this movie because <laughs> because uh, the soundtrack you hated the um the post malone yes no actually the first movie i fucking listened to that post malone song on constant repeat <laughs> flowers was it called flowers something like that uh was it like sunshine or, or sunshine sunflower? sunflower whatever i fucking was oh, I'm like no, no. oh man i fucking love this song and, I, and it, it got to a point where, like, man, they could have used this song a lot more in the tr- in the movie, because the, it was only one sequence. They just played it in the credits, right? It was a sequence where he's like folding his clothes or something like that, like like just to get a, a sense of what he, his life is at home. Oh, but I think they played it again in the in like maybe like in the right before the credits, like Probably. the final scene before the credits. Um, maybe. <laughs> but I'm like, I was like, oh man, I actually loved. This is my first time ever listening to Post Malone. And then I clicked onto what this guy looks like. I go, all right, I didn't need to do that. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about a trailer that I did like, surprisingly. And it's Secret Invasion. This is a new uh, miniseries that's going to, basically, you could You're say. You're a big Marvel guy. <laughs> a big Marvel guy now. Uh, basically, this is, you could say, this is the Nick Fury series that brings yeah. back Samuel L. Jackson. And it also brings back the scrolls. The you know the alien shapeshifters. Uh, what was your thoughts on Secret Invasion? Surprisingly, uh, it looks pretty good. I mean, I it's Marvel, so I'm going in with very low expectations. Mm-hmm. But you know, to be positive, you know, I I didn't hate all of the Disney Plus shows. Like, and one the one of the ones I really did like was. Um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, and this and this is definitely going to be more in that genre, more of that kind of political thriller, kind of more like a uh, C- Civil War and uh, Winter Soldier. The, I mean, which are two of my favorite MCU movies. So that that's a positive for me. And this looks like it's going to be even more mature, yeah, and darker yeah. than um, than um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I'm excited. Um, I still think Falcon and Winter Soldier's the for myself, at least the best um, MCU show they put out, and um, this looks like it could be even better. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it, but I still 
I'm going in, you know, a little dubious because, you know, I don't trust Marvel right now because there have been other projects where I went in like, oh, this is guaranteed to be good. And it was not. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that the this is just just how um, just how like Andor was Star Wars is um, Star Wars for adults. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Secret Invasion is more Marvel for adults because this is a, a different showrunner for everybody. It's the, the show. It's the showrunner who did Mr. Robot the series. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot more, um, you know, better credentials than anything that Mar- Marvel has put out in a long time. Yeah. Um, at, at least for the television series. Uh, and um most of the movies too uh, and uh it it's it's a uh, it looks good um uh, uh from what i understand amelia clark is playing the the uh the uh scroll daughter and that was in miss marvel the the the, the little the the one who worshiped oh. miss marvel okay mm-hmm. uh, but um, that's ben Mendelssohn's uh, daughter daughter right yeah. Tal- Talos, Talos, uh-huh. and Olivia Coleman. You know she's playing, and she's in everything. You know, yeah. <laughs> she's constantly working. Uh, so I don't think she has been home for the last forty-five <laughs> years. Uh, and then, um, yeah, it's it's it it actually looks like a spy thriller. Yeah, it's a, certainly in that political uh, conspiracy thriller yeah. genre. With yes, superhero movie or superhero character, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it looks good, and I'm crossing my fingers on this one. Hopefully, you know, I it, sometimes watch the next trailer just be like all super comedic, and we have like uh, <laughs> Sam Jackson, like, uh, like getting like a, a cat's like completely like ripping off his eye patch <laughs> and he's chasing the, he's chasing it around. Then, like, Captain Marvel shows up, and like, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, beats him up. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Hill, are you in a coffee break? <laughs> uh, yeah. talk, talk, there's a Peloton joke for no reason. That was yeah. uh, Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, Sam Jackson with like a shake weight. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the movie. That was actually in the movie, right? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I think it was in one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, in, it was in Ragnarok. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, Quickly, let's talk about uh, Hypnotic, which is the new Robert oh. Rodriguez. He's back. He's back with, well, this is, I guess the first time. I don't, I don't think he ever worked with Ben Affleck before, but he's back doing crime thrillers or a cat and mouse thriller. <clears throat> and Ben Affleck is a detective looking for his missing daughter. But there's a kind of a supernatural element here because he's also hunting down a bank robber who seems to have the power to uh, hypnotize, hence the title. Uh, what was your uh, thoughts on this one? Yeah, Robert Rodriguez. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he used to be beautiful, man. Yeah. Um, it's just it looks like uh, it look it just doesn't look uh, looks like a piece of shit. Even the coloring looks like shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, the, the well, he's the, the yeah. the, he's a cinematographer too. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with Rich. Um, even like the the way the movie's shot and like yeah the the kind of look, mm-hmm. it feels like a movie from two thousand three, and yeah. it, I don't know, it feels like maybe in and Robert Rodriguez has said maybe he thinks he's doing like his version of a Tony Scott film. Oh, okay. but it's almost like everything bad about a Tony Scott film, and only specifically Tony Scott films from that era because they were coming out in that era. 
And uh, man, I don't, I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's, I am not excited for the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, I love Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. but he also doesn't always pick the best projects. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, when he's directing them, he, he knows how to pick them. But um, uh, when he's when he acts in them, uh, you know, he, he he yeah, he again, he doesn't always pick the best projects. So you know, I would want to think you know the involvement of Ben Affleck. Else, like, oh, maybe maybe there's more to the story, but. I don't know. He also did that did that movie recently that got dumped on Hulu and um, <laughs> with Ana de Armas. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he, you know, uh, when you know, some there's numerous some. movies, there's numerous movies throughout his career where he's acted in where it's like, you know, why did he do that? <laughs> when, when I heard about this movie, because they had a sec- secret screening at SXXW, which was did um, people like it? No, I think it didn't get that great of reviews. <laughs> uh, it, but it was a work in progress, so print, you know, so it yeah. had it wasn't finished. So uh, the next one will be shorter, <laughs> maybe. So Rodriguez was like talking about it, and apparently, it was originally had a bigger schedule, like a mm. larger schedule. Then the pandemic happened, and then and then the schedule shrank down to thirty days or something. And he told. Uh, Ben Affleck came. We're going to do this movie, but we're going to do it old school and we're going to shoot it on the fly like we used to do in the 90s. And we're going to do it. And you know what? I go, oh, when I heard that, I go, oh, so he's doing like a gorilla thing. And when you do that, you know, back in that's that was that what made those movies in the 90s so special. It felt like there was an energy to it. Watching the trailer, I didn't see no energy at all. It was just kind of flat. It was just kind of flat. And um, hopefully it was just a bad trailer. Yeah, hopefully it's just a bad trailer. I mean, best case scenario for this movie is like, but the premise itself like is Wrath of Man. <laughs> the premise itself um, is, is stupid too. I think this, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, some kind of uh, hypnosis. Yeah, I mean, well, reality, like his reality, is not what he thinks reality oh, is. Of course, because he's hypnotized, right? Because so. there's a professional hypnotist out there, or whatever. <laughs> it's it's that that premise is stupid. But there's also there's there's been a lot of you know movies back in the past in the nineties yeah, that are, that have good that have stupid premises that were good movies, mm-hmm. like like similar as like Fallen with Denzel Washington. I mean, stupid premise. But, it but was great, a, great, well, yeah. great, well, great, Tony's, great little snugget of of a, of a concept where a demon could transfer from each body. Yeah, to, yeah. But it, it, you know, it, it was you know, it's it was a um, stupid but fun kind of right, a, right. you know, like a thriller and shit like that. What they used to call high concept movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, because when I heard that he was, does this movie is coming out and he's tr- tackling this crime thriller thing. My first thought that went to um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and which mm-hmm. was a B plot in Ruben Blades. Remember the Ruben Blades, Ruben Blades mm-hmm. uh, uh, character where he was doing it like for one brief second in that movie, which is, you know, a sequel to Desperado, where it's all action. But when it was Ruben Blades as the detective or ex-detective, it was like a like a whole sequence where it was like a neo-noir thriller where he's chasing down a bad guy he was i think he was chasing down a um uh mickey rourke mm. and i go no, fuck I, I, and i, I go remember you, you remember the sequence at all I, I remember thinking oh man Rodriguez should do like a crime thriller like an old school crime thriller mm. and then he went off to do like kind of sin city but it was a little bit different but still you know neo-noir but hyper stylized but when i heard that he was you know that this was his new movie i go 
I was hoping that that was going to be like that. And it's not. It really felt like um, that John Woo movie uh, with Ben Affleck. Payback? Was that called? Payback? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like almost like that movie. And that movie came out in late 90s or early 2000s Mm -hmm. or something. And so this, this movie felt like a blast from the past, but not in a good way. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, hopefully it's a just bad trailer, but uh, it's if, if this from, is a, from, if this is a piece of shit, what does that happen? What, what happens to Robert Rodriguez? That's what, that's a problem because it was all his and yeah. it was, it was all his and it was a big piece of shit also. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm worried. Mm-hmm. And Battlestar Alita was divisive. Sin City Two was a piece of shit. Machete Two was a piece of shit. <laughs> All the Spy Kids sequels were pieces of shit. Well, I don't even like the original. I think but, Spy um, Kids are getting a new lease on life. I think people like them, but they're not. It's certainly not their favorite. They were children. Yes, yeah, so I think that it's a nostalgia thing. Um, yeah, I think he's yeah, gonna I mean, he's gonna have a hard time. I, I he did this to himself though. Yeah, yeah I, the next one's gonna be Machete in Space for him. I don't know why he doesn't like, like I, I was gonna say I don't. I was gonna say I don't understand why he doesn't do a movie like he used to. <laughs> but this but, is it, right? This was a movie that he, and it's not not really. But I mean, those sequels, though. I mean, Sin City Two, mm-hmm. Machete Kills. Those should have been, you know, you know, surefire, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. they should have been like guaranteed. They should have been, you know, a return to form. Yeah. And they weren't. So I don't know. It's like, is he even capable of it anymore? Like, maybe that was just a young guy that's lost. So <laughs> pour out your um, 40 ounce spear for, for the death of Robert Rodriguez. His career is dead yeah. now. He's still, he's still a, 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 a talented guy from a technical perspective. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, he's still, he might you know, he might direct Avatar six. Or <laughs> yeah, he still has a good yeah. relationship with James Cameron. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that, and I could definitely see him doing an Avatar movie. You know, because I think he's he understands you know mm-hmm. bullshit more than the stuff that <laughs> <laughs> more than the stuff that made him you know an interesting filmmaker in the past. Uh, um, the, the last tr- big trailer that came out, which was a lot of people got a lot of people talking. It's a, I would say is the first real footage from Barbie. And this is kind of the hotly anticipated comedy from Greta Gerwig. And it stars Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Also, Simu Liu from um, uh, uh, Shang-Chi fame. And uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it, it seems like it's only the, the first 15 minutes of the film. It's all the Barbie world mm-hmm. footage, that, and, and then she goes into the real world somehow. So, yeah, it looks fine. I mean, it, it looks like just that's the special effects area. And yeah. now we're going to go to the real world where it's going to be less special effects where, where Greta Gerwig knows how to direct. Mm-hmm. This, this part is just the, uh, the, the, the look of it. That's all. I mean, it looks campy and fun. I, I mean, it's, it's fine with me. I mean, it's just it's not my cup of tea, but. Uh, well, I guess I'll have to watch it eventually. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'm watching it unless it, unless it gets like these overwhelming rave reviews. Yeah, right. yeah. But I mean, but, I mean, best case scenario. I mean, it's just going to be a recycled thing that we've seen in the past, right? I mean, it's just yeah. going to be Elf, right? Enchanted and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Enchanted or like Elf or like uh, kind of mixed with, I guess, like 
legally blonde, maybe that kind of uh, like you know she she's a dutz. Why, why why is this movie getting so much hype? I I just don't understand. Like even from like the get go, from from the just the initial casting well, I, news. I don't I don't know if it's necessarily. I'm curious if it's really getting hype. Like, how what are the YouTube video or YouTube views on this thing? Ten million plus. Oh, really? So people are watching it at least. Mm -hmm. um, no, it's a different take for uh, Greta Gerwig, and this is the to, to see if she she could pull off this type of um, uh, uh, you know comedy. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so it's an all star cast. I mean, of course. Everyone's rooting for Margot Robbie to have some kind of hit because it's been miss, 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 yeah. misfire on the, the whole Same thing with Ryan, Ryan Gosling. He needs a hit, too. Yeah. I don't know. Is it maybe because of we live in this time where branding, you know, toy branding, you know, Air is coming out, and that's about a brand, about Air Jordans. We just saw the movie that we're going to talk about, Tetris. That's about a video game brand. There's, you know, we kind of, you know, we have kind of gone beyond just like comic book IP and we're now going to this weird uh, stage where it's about just whatever popular Bar Barbie toy line. You know, we just, I don't think, I don't think Barbie is a real brand to anybody. It's more just a niche. No, no. It's Barbie is a big, big oh, deal. Oh yeah. It's a big brand. It's a big brand, but to nowadays, I don't think it's a, it's a, it's, you know, Mattel itself. If that's anything, you know, that's big enough to, well, here's the thing. People are just looking for something that's, you know, recognizable brand. Recognizable, And then yes. they're trying they're trying to do something that's like, you know, a surefire hit or something that's good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with uh, Barbie, like I was kind of saying, they're just doing something that we've seen before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you guys brought up Enchanted and yeah, Elf. And yeah, I mean, this is we've seen these things where, you know, there's a character that takes that's in this like world and then they actually enter our world. Uh, and usually, like I guess, like Elf or like um, Roger Rabbit wouldn't even really count, but um, yeah, Elf or Enchanted are kind of like I guess the best examples. But you know, those work, so they have a formula that they can follow. You know what I mean? So they're like, okay, well, let's just you know do the Barbie version. Mm -hmm. And all the what what doesn't excite me for the movie is the jokes in it. Just feels stale. It all feels like stuff we've seen before. Nothing in it feels like particularly fresh. It just kind of looks like, um, like the look of it. It kind of looks like the uh, Mike Myers um, Cat in a Hat movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. mixed with <laughs> um, mixed with like an Elvis Beach movie. Mm. And I think that was actually the intention. They were probably like, "We're going for Doctor Seuss mixed with an Elvis movie." And I don't know. It just feels bland and boring. And like I already saw, you know. Um, Earth Girls Are Easy. <laughs> Which is an awesome I film. I don't need to see the Greta Gerwig <laughs> version. I would definitely watch Earth Girls Are Easy, just the original film right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just a remake of yeah, it? Yeah, like that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an awesome movie. That's one of my guilty pleasures as well. Put that with, text, with Tax Collector, and that's a great evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Zoot Zoot. Zoot Zoot. It's a classic. Um, all right, before we get to like, you know, speaking of branding, we got to talk about Tetris, the, the movie. Uh, let me just quickly uh, acknowledge a couple of deaths. Um, there was uh, just recently Bill Butler, who was a cinematographer on Jaws, passed away. Uh, he also did a, a 
one flew over the cuckoo nest, did the conversationalist. So he had a big career. Uh, so he just passed away. Bill Butler. So he's a big, big time cinematographer. Just want to acknowledge his work and what he has attributed to film. Uh, Howard Wayans, who is the father of the Wayans brothers, he has passed away. He was 86. He was not a, a famous man or not an entertainer, but he was the father of a big family that became a big deal in comedy. And he passed away. Uh, there was also the cinematographer, or not, no, I'm sorry, the pr- production, the art director of Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark. This just happened just right now. Norman Reynolds. And so. You know, big time Oscar winner for art direction. You know, he is, was the guy behind Star Wars and Indiana Jones, did some really fantastic stuff and maybe one of the leading talents of, of that time and inspired a lot of people and, you know, great looking movies, great, uh, great art direction. So he passed away. Another big death was uh, uh, a Japanese film composer, Ryuichi Sakamoto. And this is a big deal because his, his, I, 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 I he's, he's famous for, uh, he's famous for being a couple of things. He's, he was in a, a new age group in the eighties, kind of was the leading guys. You know, everyone talks about, uh, who was that, uh, techno group in the German group, Rich? Kraftwerk. So everyone, everyone talks about that about group it. as like kind of leading the electronic craze. But in Japan, it was this guy, actually, Ryu Ichi Sakamoto. He won an Oscar for, his score on The Last Emperor. He also worked on The Revenant recently. Uh, but his score for Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, Lawrence, which is a WW2 uh, POW film that stars David Bowie and mm-hmm. also stars himself. He, was a, he also co-starred in that film, but he did the score. And a lot of people mentions that score, that film score, as one of their favorites. And it's a movie that, it's a movie that I haven't seen Maybe, you know, it's a good time to maybe check it out. But I heard great things about it. Um, but yeah, that was, everyone brings up that, that, that particular score, that, that album as their kind of main influence. And I think you see that in, like, say, Clint uh, Mansell or, you know, these new, new the, the new guys who came up in the 90s and early 2000s. You ever, wait, have you ever heard that movie, Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. Mr. Lawrence? Yeah. I never saw it, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, here's a sample of it. Then now let's talk about Tetris, the new movie that came out on Apple TV. It got good reviews when it premiered at XXSW. And uh, we, we all saw the movie. And so let me start with Raymond. What's your thoughts on Tetris? Uh, it's a good story. Uh, I think it's definitely something that, you know, was worth telling. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I think the ambition of the movie and of the screenplay uh, just was kind of let down by its budget. And um, while I don't think the, the movie sucks, I think it, it's totally a streaming movie and it's disappointing because the cast is good. Mm. I mean, there's good stuff in the movie, but it's kind of lackluster. It's just a very kind of, I don't know. It, it's disappointing. 
I'm very curious what the budget of this movie was because I know they were originally uh, years ago it was announced that they were going to be doing a Tetris movie. It was originally a different studio, I think, before they actually had the idea for the movie. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, I think they were like, we're going to spend $80 million on the Tetris movie. And that was like a big deal. That's a big headline. This is not that movie, I think. I think this, things probably changed by then because I, I can't imagine that much was spent on this. But I don't know. Uh, t- this stars Taron Edgerton. He plays a a businessman. Uh, I forgot. He, he's great in the movie. He's fantastic in the movie. I thought I thought he did a really really good job, and it really shows that he's very committed to the, his parts because he he takes some like he, you know he's he's t- he's talking basically in an American accent, but although I, b- I believe he's a Dutch businessman, a real life character who goes basically he's the guy who kind of negotiates a deal. To, with the Russian government to buy the rights to Tetris and, and which becomes a world famous video game in the West, particularly with uh, Nintendo and the Game Boy. And, you know, everyone has played Tetris. If, if you grew up in, if you have lived in the last 40 years, you have played Tetris. It's that, that popular of a game. Um, so it was interesting to see the kind of the origins of that and how it became popular in the West. Rich, what's your thoughts on the movie? I thought it was pretty pretty damn good. I mean, for a, a streaming movie, and and I agree that Ted, uh, Taron Edgerton was fantastic in the film, and I know he produces along with along with a bunch of people from every from everyone from Matthew Vaughn and Ron Howard and Brian Grazer onto Claudia Schiffer. Yes, the Claudia Schiffer. What really? Uh, uh, yeah. How has she gotten this? I don't know, but. Um, but yeah, and you you could tell, and um, so there's a lot of people involved in this film. But yeah. it was only Taron Edgerton and maybe Rick Yoon and that I ever uh, and Toby Jones, of course. But every everybody else, uh, 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 just you know, yeah, it was like, I, 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 I never not, recognized these faces before. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, and I thought the guy who played uh the uh, Tetris inventor was yeah. very good and uh, um a Russian actor. Yeah. Um, Nikita Efremov. Yeah, I thought he would, was did a wonderful job on that film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the, the 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 look of it, except for the the final part where they went into uh, I, I guess pixels. <laughs> Adam Sandler pixel kind well, of thing. The, like a, it's the whole throughout the, the whole movie they use like this. Um, well, I didn't mind it up until the the the, the, the action the, scene. The, the actions, the, yeah, the right. car, the car chase, right? The car. Everyone talks about I this go, particular car chase is that how stupid it is, mm-hmm. and it's like a, like a typical like Hollywood version of this story. And I think that's probably the problem that the movie over uh, sensationalized this what is a pretty kind of decent story or interesting yeah. story. I think the quiet scenes in the movie I liked a lot. Like for instance. Uh, Taron Edgerton's, um, you know, his scenes with, with the Russian, you know, Tetris creator, those, and there's like maybe a couple of three scenes in there that I thought, oh, that's probably the most interesting thing about the movie. Them just talking, them, you know, developing a relationship and it only kind of lasts for a couple of seconds. And then while watching this movie, didn't you ever kind of like feel like this is kind of like watching Halton catch fire? No, I think Halton Catchfire was actually a little bit more grounded than this. This is really feels like an odd, like a Hollywood version of the story. And you know, it, you know, you mentioned Rich. You mentioned that it was produced by Matthew Vaughn, and you know, Matthew mm-hmm. Vaughn also produced Eddie the Eagle, which mm-hmm. I think also has a similar kind of 
problems that I have with that movie. Did it, you know, I think it, I like that movie a little more though, just because it was kind of more like a a family movie. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. But I think with that movie, it does. This, there's there's similar where it, you know that's also based on our true story, and it kind of relies on the tropes and relies on the Hollywood um, aspect. You know, like kind of heightened the you know the action. And I think they, if they could have just told the story straight, it would have been much more effective. That being said, I did have a good time watching the movie. It, it's, I, didn't, it's, I didn't hate the movie at all. And even though I have these kind of problems about, you know, them over sensationalizing these things, I think it was fine. I mean, it was, it was fine. And I was interested in this, you know, the relationship and I found it pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. And I, 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 you know, there's some criticism about how this is, you know, pro capitalist movie. And I don't think, it, I think it, it definitely shows like, you know, it's not an anti-communist movie, but it's also, I mean, it's not, and it's not really a pro capitalist movie either. I think they were, they're both showing the different problems with both of these, I, you know, ideology, but you know, because like, you know, I don't think anyone is a big winner, even, even, even though that, um, Tara Edgerton, you know, eventually wins the negotiations. You know, that's just, you know, that's the re- that's the whole idea of the movie. Um, he's not like a, like, he doesn't, it, it, he's not a good guy. I mean, he's making money off of someone's property anyway. You know, he's either it's the Russian government to, or him, to, you know. They tried to make him out to be a good guy in, in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very, I'm very, uh, and, and, and they even kind of show that, you know, that wasn't a lie, you know. It was true. He really did that, right? They became mm-hmm. good friends, and they started. Well, we'll see in the in the end credits that what happened to those two, and it seems like they started a company, but uh, you know, which was not depicted in the movie. I, I think if they, I, I like, I, I ha- like the whole relationship between those two, and I think if the movie would focus on that, I think it would have been a much more successful film. But uh, that being said, like I said, you know, um, I I liked it. It was fine. Yeah. And raise my rent. Claudia Schiffer is is married to Matthew Vaughn. So that oh. explains. <laughs> They've been married since two thousand since two thousand two. So she been she's been producing all of her films. All his films. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Since <laughs> kick ass. How about that? I would recommend it. I mean, I think the definitely if you have Apple TV. I mean, you, it's a good performance by uh uh, Tar, uh Taron Edgerton. I, he has surprised me with. His recent stuff, he did a he did a TV series for Apple TV called Blackbird, which yeah. I I which at first I'm like I I don't think I'm gonna like this because he has a Boston accent or, or like some kind of weird accent, but he commits to the character so much that you just buy into it. Same here, you know he commits to that act. You know he's using an American accent or like a loose American accent, and you just kind of commit to it. He commits to it, and I think I think he has surprised me with his performances and I just because I don't I did not necessarily liked uh, uh, Rocket Man even mm-hmm. though not that I hated his performance but I thought he was too buff to play Elton John you know mm-hmm. and um, and there were some scenes I thought where, he was great in Rocket Man I don't know I didn't I didn't see Elton I see I saw him but that being said like I did like him in these you know these two recent projects Blackbird and and uh, Tetris and so yeah, if I, I see th- him in another uh, in another movie where he does a great job, I might have to watch Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he, I forgot about that. Um, let's talk about 
Avatar, The Way of the Water. Ugh. <laughs> really quick. This is our first time watching it. Me and Rich watched it finally, Avatar, The Way of the Water on premium VOD. And we watched it on a, on a television, you know, big screen television. <laughs> you guys watched it on a 42-inch television. Uh, you guys watched it on your computer monitors. We watched it on our laptop, on our, on our phone. No, no, we watched, watched it on a big screen tel- television. I watched it on my on a- Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, we watched it on a, a big screen television, but I, I could see why people say that this should be only seen in big screen because it was like a visually stunning movie. I'm, I'm, let me hear what you have to say, Rich, because we uh, we kind of already know that uh, Raymond is not a big fan of the Avatar films and certainly was not a fan of this movie. But what is your thoughts on Way of the Water, Rich? Um, I think I, uh, I saw exactly what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much uh, uh, another take of uh, the first Avatar. Um, I was I was kind of uh, hoping that there would be a much better better um, cliffhanger for the second one or whatever the third one or whatever because mm-hmm. there wasn't really one because I'm thinking that um, well I don't know it's, are we in the spoiler now whatever I mean this it's been out forever well, yeah I mean so the, just, a, just a quick uh, spoiler cloning so wait wait spoiler uh, alert just here if anyone didn't see Avatar. We're talking yeah. about spoilers. Go ahead. How they saved the uh, Quaritch, uh, Stephen Lane's character, um, uh, and all, all the his team um, as uh, uh, other avatars. Uh, I, I thought since they did that, I thought at the very end, you know, they would um, Quaritch would uh, come up in, from the shadows or whatever. All right, we're going with Plan B. Um, you know, that, that, you know, that didn't work. We're going on with plan B and they show another avatar this time of Sam Worthington's Jake's brother, <laughs> the one that died mm. in, the, in the first film. Oh, don't so give them any ideas. <laughs> I kind of expected that kind of ending, like that kind of a, you know, cliffhanger. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so maybe that'll be the next one. It feels like a Marvel ending, (laughs) but to me, Avatar is basically a Marvel movie just with a bit more um, uh, director influence, which is good and bad. Uh But yeah, but uh, well, it's usually a good thing. But when you usually the way James Cameron does it, for me, yeah. But you can see, you can see all the work that James Cameron did. um, You know, fulfilling his, his dream was was all there on the screen i mean it's 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 there i mean yeah it was a lot you could tell that there was this, a lot of work this, this, put into this it. movie makes me feel old and out of touch <laughs> yeah because i because i'm just i just watch i'm like like what a waste of money but people are watching it it's making money it's big one of the biggest movies of all time mm-hmm. which just makes me feel even like an old man and more like an old man are you like, uh, james cameron's making me cynical <laughs> Avatar. So my thoughts on Avatar, the first movie, was that I actually really, really enjoyed the first Avatar, and I'm I was not a hater. I don't see the you know like the the complaint that a lot of people have with that movie. I think yes, is it a derivative of a lot of different things like Pocahontas or or Dances with Wolves? Of course, of course. But I thought there was enough in the first movie that felt original and creative and had a kind of a storyline. 
way of the way of water was such a disappointment that I'm going, fuck, maybe the first movie was that bad. <laughs> That's how bad this movie was. I mean, look, you know, Cameron could stage action sequence like you know, no one else. There's some really good action sequences, but also, you know, Michael Bay could stage an action action sequence too. You know, I, 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 it wasn't enough where I go that I could like dismiss all the things that I didn't like the movie. Now I was shocked that it it was more focused with the children. The -hmm. children are the main stars in this as you know, last one was Jake. I, and what they did to uh, uh, Natavi? What's her? What's her name? Uh, Zoe uh, uh, Natiri. Natiri. What they did with that character was such a fucking slap in the face. I thought that for 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 instance, she is such a good character in the first movie, and she is nothing in this film. Only just a plot device to like, you know, eventually kind of like, I kill the bad guy or whatever. Um. I, I just, I was really stunned at how bad it is and, or just un, <laughs> I mean, to me, it really felt like it was validating a lot of the criticisms of the, of the franchise. And I didn't see, I mean, maybe it has this, you know, yes, maybe it's visually stunning, what? but I just did not like it. I did not like it at all. Well, um, I've always kind of like, I don't like Av- the Avatar franchise like we've mentioned, but I always kind of felt like that the positive thing about the original was uh, something that you know is I guess like I guess obvious now, and a lot of people always point out, but it's that Cameron was like kind of clearly trying to like send like this kind of environmental message. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I just I think he's again that's the only positive to take away from this movie. Mm-hmm. So while I I agree a hundred percent with everything you just said, um, to me it's just like the the first one just was it's almost like the Barbie movie, you know it it. it <laughs> It just, you know, it took something that, you know, it's guaranteed to work. It, you know, it's, it's been proven, a proven success. And then he did his version of it. You yeah. know, he did his, you know, his Smurfs version. <laughs> and then, um, and then, you know, the sequel is just, you know, nonsense. And, you know, he's just, and the nonsense is like, you know, it's great action. And it's a lot of it, you know, a lot of it's kind of stuff that he's done before. Like a lot of people have pointed out the third act of this movie is basically just Titanic. And it is. It's probably the best part of the movie, but it's also like, I'd rather watch it in Titanic because it was more effective there because you cared about everything more. And I I don't know. And I I didn't get this this sense when I watched the first movie, but this definitely came to mind when I was watching this movie where I go, I don't think I like the design of the Na'vi. I think they're it's too distracting, and I don't think it looks good. You know, they're just tall, I don't lanky. I don't understand why Jake Sully wanted to have sex with them. <laughs> <laughs> they're just tall, lanky panther people, and it just it could have been. It's unnecessary, really, and they could have been a lot, lot more humanoid, and they could have been easily uh, makeup. It could have been like watch Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it could have been like like something like. If you imagine like what Guillermo del Toro could have done with these creatures, but because they're like eight feet they, tall, they were all been played by Doug Jones. <laughs> yes, but because they're eight feet tall, they're they're bigger. You know, they're lanky, they're skinny, and they they have these kind of uh, characteristics that feel like you know animals. Then yes, there you have to make that in the computer. But if they were a little bit more humanoid then you would have to just, you could easily re- rely on the makeup or just put people on green screens. I, I just, it, to me, that's the thing 
because the whole movie is basically computer animation. Yeah, and and that, I think I just which is and not, it looks like a video game. Yeah, and which was not the case in the first movie. There was you know, you know. And let was, me ask you because you guys watched it at home. Is it still in the aspect ratio that I saw it in? Like the kind of like you know slow. I don't know because the oh, aspect the, ratio the, the, to me really made it feel like a video game. I think they converted to a twenty four frames per second, but mm-hmm. I think there is a effect. Or I felt there, there, there was almost like a. You know, the movie is in deep focus, which which means everything is focused. So it just pulls you out a little bit. It feels a little. It feels like a video game, like you were saying. Even more like so. cutscenes, right? Yeah, even more so with this movie. It reminded me of like you know in, um, when you play an Uncharted game and during the story mode, there's these like these like cinematic action sequences. Like basically, if you hit like a, a button at a certain moment, like it'll play like this like slow motion slow motion action sequence. That's like 50%, 90, maybe 50, 70% of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's, just, it's just, I don't know. I do, and I, I agree with Mike. To me, this is basically just like uh, like Cameron doing the Michael Bay thing, mm-hmm. except this has the whole environmental thing, which is kind of like his, like, you know, well, I, well, I get away with it because I'm, I'm doing something positive. Well, I think the, the, the environmental idea was much better used in the first movie because it was about... Uh, unattainable, <laughs> unattainable, uh, 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 like this element in the in the in the in the land, and you know, in the in the you know, part, well, it was part, going, after, it was part of the planet, the right? Tree. Yeah. Now they're and this one they're going after the whales. They're going after whales, which is a, uh, just a like first of the same idea and kind of a, a worse idea. I just you know, I, of course, this is you know, sit in the ocean, so. It made me think of that uh, South Park episode where uh, the the kids want to uh, save the whale from uh, the, the um, from Sea Park or whatever. <laughs> so it's like a Sea World type of thing, right? So they end up like uh, sending the, the the whale to to the moon, mm-hmm. and the episode like basically just ends and goes to credits. So I will see like the like the this like whale like dying, dead this dead whale on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, look- that's what that's what that's what this movie should have been. Let me say this: the scene where we first are introduced to the talking whale, I thought it was pretty magical. I thought that was really, really good. And the interaction, the South Park episode, <laughs> and the interaction with, like, say, Jake's kid, his his the younger brother or whatever it was, Jake's younger son, and him meeting the the talking whale, whatever it's called, I forgot. And, you know, having this kind of relationship, I'm like, fuck, man, that kind of works. It works. It worked well. And the, the way he shot it works well. And it's like much more better than any kind of Marvel movie there was because it, it there was like, kind I of, agree with that. It, there's like, but there's like kind of a, a concept to it. Like, and the way he shot it and the way he used like silhouette and, you know, I, I thought that was like the best scene in the whole movie. But, you know, the rest of the movie is just kind of a, repetitive of the same things that we saw in the first and, and it, like, like it's more focused with the children and I'm, you know, maybe cause I'm not that, I didn't really like the children that much, you know? And I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think that really quick, sorry to interrupt yeah, ahead, you, but like this, like this new, this new actor, everyone's obsessed with uh, spider or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, everyone's saying this guy's like the next Leo, Leo DiCaprio. Oh, How? Wow, wow, no, because he's 
And especially he, after like what, after seeing him after seeing him in Scream, I'm like, come on. Oh, was he really, in Scream? This guy's the next. Yeah, people really think he's the next DiCaprio. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Just because, just because he was handpicked by Cameron. But mm-hmm. I do agree that um, there's definitely a lot of cut scenes in this film, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do uh, release it in uh, some kind of form of Disney Plus, where it's, it might be a series, a mini series, because I know there's a lot uh, missing scenes with Kate Winslet and especially Edie Falco's character. Mm-hmm. Um, well, F- Edie Falco has the best story ever because she filmed she's this in the movie she's in the movie like a couple scenes she's plays the the general general who's oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Who's okay. in the kind she of was the, i thought she was uh, a navi or whatever she is in the movie <laughs> so she had like a couple scenes in it and so she filmed that 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 part like three or four years ago more more oh shit maybe even more like when they first really start production on it and she, she she said like you know when the movie was coming out she thought the movie came out and she, she, she thought that the movie was just bombed and no one was talking about it because she did it so long ago. She didn't realize the movie hadn't came out yet. And she just literally thought that the movie came out and it bombed and no one, it was a complete failure. And that she was shocked that actually that the movie's going to come out in Christmas or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, and I go, holy shit, man, that's how long they've been working on this movie. Mm-hmm. But hey, look, I, this is what I would say as a positive. If I was like six, seven, or eight years old, I probably really, really would love this movie because it's focused on the kids. It, you know, it has these kind of great ideas about family and stuff like that. I probably would have really, really enjoyed it, but I'm an old fucking man and I don't give a fuck about this shit. You know, (laughs) I don't give a fuck. We've all, we've seen it all before. Yeah, we've seen it all before. So I think if I was eight, and, and I think that's why it's doing so well or has done so well in box office. I think kids are really, really, connecting to it connecting to the kids characters because it's so kind of broad and 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 you know it's about kind of being bullied too and you know trying to learn your way in the world and you know trying to find your own path and and being you know trying to um you know as a as a teenager or as a young kid it's like you know like trying to tell your parents to take me seriously and that's all in the movie i just like i that, i don't care about that shit now i know that's I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if I was a kid, I would lo- I would probably really would have loved this movie, which is the, which is different in 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 the first movie because you know the first movie was about Jake and his, you know, it was almost like an existential journey for him because he was such in a, in a down place and now he found a new lease on life when he found these naive naive people. Like, yeah, but he also like sucked in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. At least yeah. like he was in this movie. At least it was like less in it. But right. um, what do you think about like Sigourney Weaver? Because I think like it's very interesting, <laughs> you know, that they even brought her back. It is interesting, and I, <laughs> it's so fucking weird. I, I was fine with it. I don't think she was bad. I don't, I don't think, think she was, was bad. Yeah, I don't think she was bad at all. It just, it's just, I, it's just like why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no only because like James Cameron's probably a big fan of her, and I think he wants to say that I pulled this off. I, I want it. I think it's him saying <laughs> he's like Michael Bay, man. This, yeah, this it, it, is, it, he, I think it was him trying to say like, hey, man, I could like actors could ch- could work forever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you could you could play a 16 year old kid even if you're you know pushing 60 or whatever. Um, I'll do it better than the Irishman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you know, that's him trying to advance the, the, the performance, uh, uh, you know, the, and well, I mean, and like you said, it worked. it's thing. just like, it's just like, I don't understand why they did it. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like such a waste. Of yeah. Money, I mean, they could but... easily just cast a 16 year old girl to play that. I mean, they got all, everyone else was 16. Yeah. Well, honestly, it, they could have, they, they were going to do this whole motion captures things. You could just cast 20 year olds. All, I mean, they're yeah. better actors, easier to work with, right? I mean, if you're going to do this whole process, mm-hmm. what's the point of casting children? Or, yeah, it's it's funny because they I, could avoid they could avoid the Shazam problem, but just <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, I I guess he did shoot a lot with the kids. Perfect. I mean, he shot more than just this this movie. He, he shot three and four with the kids. Also, I guess they don't have even if they grow up, they could still play the same age. I guess, but. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it, it it's a little, it's over. I think it's a little bit overthinking it. <laughs> it's wasting money. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess it's a lot to do it right because it, it it makes it made it back. Yeah, and and a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So that's our that's our thoughts on Avatar: The Way of the Water. Uh, Raymond, who saw the movie in theaters right away, did not like it. Mm-hmm. We waited for a very long time to finally catch it on VOD. Uh, Rich, do you think this would have been better if we watched it on the big screen in in theaters, or do you think we have the same kind of thoughts? Um, I guess I would have. Mm-hmm. You, you probably you, do. You, you probably actually would've. like the movie, or do you? I mean, do you give it a positive? I knew, I knew exactly what I knew going in exactly what I was expecting. What it's going to be like, yeah, and that's exactly what it basically what it was. The you movie actually you felt then it felt like three hours to me. So that's saying something. Maybe because all movies are three hours. So, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah, to me, did it drag? Not really, but I mean, it, it did feel very heavy, but also light on plot too. So I think it's, it's, it's a weird feeling. Uh, like, I, I think you ha- to really like the movie, you really would have to love those children characters, the, the, the kid characters. And I didn't necessarily like them or, it's not that I hated them, but just I didn't have a connection to them, and I think that was the problem most of the time. Um, and I, you know, I was expecting um, Natiri to have a bigger part, and I, I was really shocked that because she was like the standout character in the first movie, and I was really shocked that she was like really in the background, not really doing much, and just kind of crying for no reason, <laughs> and then and then screaming, and then crying. And that's all she did in the whole movie. I'm like, fuck, man, what's what is this? There's almost like a parody of itself. So, uh, yeah, I was really, really disappointed of the movie, and so I don't know. Like, look, it's it's such a divisive franchise, anyway. So if if people like the Avatar films, they probably would, you know. I mean, the first film they would like this one. Hey, you know, people are okay. Already, made, everyone's seen this fucking movie anyway, so they already kind of made their decision already. But you know, that's you know, those are my thoughts, really. Is that it for this episode? Yeah. So that's it. That's the things we saw this past week, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you for listening to Inside Flix, and yeah, that's it. Um, all right. Happy Easter, everyone. Oh, yeah. And, happy, uh, happy Easter. All right. Bye-bye.